Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. I am like beyond happy to have you on this podcast today because I have been, I loved all your books. I loved Superhuman, Game Changers, uh, Obviously Fastest Way. I mean, no, I think that you, I mean, you're called the father of biohacking for a reason. I mean, I had no idea of any of this stuff until you came along. I I don't even know who, was there anybody who was doing it before you? No, I created the word biohacking. Like I, I, the whole movement was me. Um, and I so mean, you actually created the word? Yeah, I created the word. And I'm in the dictionary. It, in 2018, they added it to the English language. And you go to Merriam-Webster's, it's the bottom it says Dave Asprey's biohacker, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Like Are you I, kidding? Oh, yeah, the first conference on biohacking, the first definition, the first, the whole movement. Um, I literally, I, I did it consciously. I, I created the whole thing, the whole community. Oh my gosh. So I mean, that's... They call me yeah, the father I mean, of biohacking because of that, yeah. Okay, well, I just th- I thought they called you the fi- father of biohacking because like you kind of put it on the map for no, sure. I like made I, it. Like, you, it was you using, actually created it. The first it was, the first use of the word was 1993 for like making your cat glow in the dark. But I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. Biohacking is hacking ourselves. So yeah, that was that was me. Oh my god, that's that's like that's beyond. And did you really spend over a million dollars on being a guinea pig? Of course. Like for all this yeah, stuff. Everything I say is true. Totally. So like you can, so let me understand this. So basically you were a raw vegan for a little, you know, for a finite period of time and you were very overweight, a hundred pounds more than you are now. And then you're like, I don't like this. So then I start, you start, you start, you started to do all these different oh, yeah. types of things but to you. Before I was a raw vegan, I also tried, you know, the original keto is called Atkins. Uh, in yeah. the night, I tried the zone. <laughs> I tried every diet. I tried exercising an hour and a half a day, six days a week. I, I did all of that. Um, and finally I'm like, I'll try the raw vegan thing. I've tried everything else and I always feel like crap and sometimes I lose weight, but it always comes back. And the raw vegan diet actually made me really sick and took a long time to heal from it. And that was a lot of the the bulletproof knowledge was like, how do you restore cell integrity in the body? And uh, now I know a lot. And I'm like, if someone had told me this when I was 20, do you know how much money and time and pain I would have saved? So I wrote my whole blog for you know, maybe five people are going to read it. It's going to totally change their life and more than five people interested. And that was the launch of everything. It, it was, it almost was a nonprofit when I started it. Like I, I really wasn't, yeah, wasn't going to start a company. I, I was a VP at a tech company making a quarter million dollars a year with stock options and a nice job and then two young kids. Like I really didn't need to start a company, but it was like, this was a calling. So I did it. Wow. And did it ever take off? I mean, bulletproof is I mean, massive. I mean, you have to be for people who don't. If if you are living under a rock and don't know who uh, Dave Asprey is, he's the founder and chairman of Bulletproof, and it's a huge movement. And people know it more. I think if anyone doesn't know, if they don't know Bulletproof, you know the whole butter in the coffee situation. Pretty much, if it's and, collagen, <laughs> if it's MCT oil, if it's right. coffee that's free of toxins or coffee that makes you like feel good instead of taste good, that was me. <laughs> like, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> It, it's beyond, it's more than incredible. I mean, it really is. And so when now your new book, of course, is called Fast This Way. And, you know, I feel like, again, I feel like people are very behind the curve. I mean, people have been talking about, you've been doing it forever. And now it's become like a very big movement of fad to be fasting. People are coming on all the time talking about it. I, I'm really happy to have you because uh-huh. you really kind of, no, you, you I really am because a, you you really kind of like drill it down to the brass facts, which, you know, not making it very complicated, making it very user friendly. Um, and like for someone like me who's like was had like a lot of people on talking about it, I'm still scared 
to try it because the, it gives me anxiety, the feeling of not eating. I mean, why is that? Like, mm -hmm. if anyone knows, it's you. Like, why is it that you even say it in your book? People are, are actually would be rather be tired than be hungry. And it's so true. It, it's a little bit weird because my first big book was The Bulletproof Diet. And people have lost a yeah. million pounds on that. And I talked about five things. I talked about cyclical keto. And it's one of the early keto books. Mm -hmm. And keto has become a big thing. In fact, people are yeah. over-ketoing right now and doing it with the wrong protein stuff. I talked about plant toxins like um, lectins, which has become a big thing. Uh, and this was, you know, it was published in 2014, but I first wrote it online in 2011. So this is 10 years ago. Intermittent yeah. fasting is a major part of the bulletproof diet. So we've got 10 years with millions of people doing it where I have the data and I can, you know, I can talk about that credibly in a book on fasting. And then of course, you know, eating the right fats, avoiding omega-6 and, you know, other things like that. Like some plants aren't good for you. Some are good for you. And all of that, it's too much in one book for a lot of people. And so I scratched my right. head and I said, okay, what is the thing that has the highest return on investment? And return on investment isn't about dollars, it's about energy. You put energy into doing something and you get energy back. So let's see, if you skip breakfast, you didn't spend money, time, or energy on making breakfast. And if you get more energy that morning, it was a win. And if you don't get diabetes later, that was an even bigger win. So you invest less than your current breakfast practice. You get more focus and energy that morning, and that alone would be enough to make it worth a book. The problem is, here's how to write a fasting book. It's step one, don't eat for a while. Step two, it's good for you. Here's some studies. <laughs> like my publisher said, you need to do a book on fasting. I said, I did. It's called The Bulletproof Diet. And they said, no, but like, I don't want to write that. There's several really good books. You've had people on your show. I've had people on my show <laughs> that talk about just the health benefits, but there was not a book that talked about how do you actually do it? Because like you said, that fear and anxiety comes up. And it turns out fasting, when you unpack the psychology, and half the book is psychology. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I fasted in a cave for four days because I was afraid to fast. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'll be hangry. I'll be hypoglycemic. I'll be mean to my friends and my family. And, you know, if I don't eat- What's that word? Glybitchy? Hypoglybitchy. That's a thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, well, it's a thing because you, you, it should be basically coined like the biohacking because of you. So <laughs> I don't know if I invented yeah. that one. Someone mentioned I it don't know. one time and I was like, I'm totally using that. I wish I remembered who it was. <laughs> credit them. But it's actually it was my friend Craig Handley. Um, he put it in a rap song. They did a, I did a rap video years ago that was like a spoof thing where I'm like, hypoglybitchy that once was me. Now I'm rolling with my yak butter tea. <laughs> In a convertible shape, like a giant stick of butter. I actually did that. It was my burning. That's so <laughs> where would I find? Where would I find that? It's probably is on it my YouTube channel. Um, oh, that's hysterical. On the Dave Asprey YouTube channel. Um, I'm gonna go check it out. And but it, it's one of those things where it's real though, because you know if you're a parent, let's say, and you know that if your blood sugar's low and it's the end of a work day and you come home and your kids are like, "Daddy, mommy," uh, like you're you're gonna snap. Like it happens even to yeah. the best of parents. So I was concerned about that. And I just knew that, that if you don't eat every you know, six times a day, you go into starvation mode, which is death. Starvation is kind of a scary thing. And then you'll get fatter. And if you've been obese like I have and you have stretch marks, you don't want to go back. So no wonder the idea of skipping breakfast is actually terrifying. So yeah. what it actually yeah. is, though, when you do it, and especially with the fasting hacks, the three things in the book that turn mm -hmm. off the pain of fasting, like, oh, my God, it's liberating because – in a normal day uh, for most of my life until the last 10, 15 years anyway, I would eat something for breakfast. I would think it was healthy, maybe oatmeal, which spikes your blood sugar like no one's business or a bagel with cream cheese or low fat right. cream cheese. Good God. And all that <laughs> right. kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
and or a bowl of fruit, which is just a recipe for food craving. And then 10 a.m. Right. rolls around and someone brings in the donuts and you're like, donut, I must have the donut. And you might say no to yourself and you might win. But more often than not, you, the voice in your head pesters you to eat the donut until you eat half right. of it. And then you're like, why am I such a bad person? I couldn't even control myself. What's going on? None of that's actually real. It, biologically, it's real. But all the fear stuff is all just like unconscious programming. So what you, you unpack it down to, and you've got to understand the algorithm of life. So we are run by a quadrillion ancient bacteria that make the first decisions that our bodies make before we even get to think about it. They're embedded in our cells. They're called mitochondria. So they are environmental sensors and they make hormones, they make proteins, and they make energy. And if they're feeling stressed because of environmental inputs, they're going to make you feel stressed. And if they're not getting what they need to make energy or they never get to replace the weak ones, then they're stressed all the time and you're hungry all the time. And that's a physiological hunger. But then there's also the emotional hunger. Oh, I'm lonely. If I don't eat, I'll die. Um, all the reasons we do it. And we know that all life, even non-human life, like a bacteria. Okay, step one, mm -hmm. 10 times focus and energy. If something might be scary, it might be a predator, run away from kill or hide. Okay, to us, right. starvation feels like that. So we want to run away from or hide from the idea of fasting. And then the second thing all life does is it eats everything. And like if, if you're just a bacteria, you don't have a brain, you don't have a clock, you can't figure out how much food's available. You're just like, if there's food, you eat everything. And if there's something scary, get ready to kill, right? And the third thing all life has to do is we have fear, which is 10x, food, which is 5x, more focused than it needs. The mm -hmm. third one gets 3x focus that all life has to do to stay around forever. You want to guess that one? It's also an F word. I know it is. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it, it rhymes with luck. Or duck. I was thinking about fertility. Or, I, I'm not sure yeah. where you're going with that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, my mind, exactly. I, I have it, a very dirty mind, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I do too. That's why I was trying to trick <laughs> you into swearing on your own show. But the, it's happened before. Exactly. Yeah. But the yeah. idea is those are the three primary F words that drive every unconscious behavior we've ever done. And this is why you eat the bagel when you said you weren't going to eat the bagel. This is why you go on the date you shouldn't have gone on, right? This is why you said no to the opportunity or you shied away from this or right. you react negatively like, like this drives you and it's not even you it's just ancient programming so when we deal with fasting like oh let's see here i'm going to push my food button because you know i can go 60 or 90 days without food and i won't starve to death yet at 11 in the morning like i'm starving it's time for lunch but you're not starving but it feels like you're starving when you learn intermittent fasting you don't feel like you're starving you actually feel better than you did before and that's why you can short circuit that but if you're like I was when I was heavy. Oh, wait a minute. I think I'll just have water for breakfast because that's what the mice did in a study. <laughs> and you're <laughs> going to get hypoglybitchy and you're going to be miserable and you're probably not going to keep fasting. If you start with the fasting hacks, you're like, oh, wait, I turned off all hunger signals. So it was effortless to fast. So I'm okay. So I have a question. I want to get into all the fasting hacks because I do find them to be really good. Um, but Number one, where did this whole ideology come from that you're, it's the whole starvation mode thing and the fact that in your head, you psychologically feel that if you put butter or MCT oil into coffee, you're going to get fat. So it's like, it's all so psychological, right? So people are scared, even if there's a hundred, you know, there's hundreds of studies on research and papers and data and you and a million other people who've lost hundreds of millions of pounds. 
it's how do we kind of like <laughs> un, untweak and untrain our brain to get out of that mindset? Because it's, it's so ingrained from like, you know, from childhood, yeah. from God knows trauma, whatever it is. When I did the, the early research on Bulletproof Coffee, what happened is I went to Mount Kailash. It's in the remote wilds of Tibet. And I wanted to learn meditation from the masters. And I was at near the, the highest elevation you go on what's considered to be the holiest mountain in the world. Middle of nowhere, 10 degrees below zero. And I'm feeling like garbage. And this little Tibetan woman gives me a bowl of yak butter tea, which is yak butter blended in tea. And I drank it. And I'm like, holy crap, why did my brain just turn on? I haven't felt this good in a year. And I should be feeling like death. Like there's no air here and it's cold. And and I came back to Silicon Valley and started playing around. And that was in 2004. And so it took me about <laughs> six years to perfect the recipe uh, for for how to do this grass-fed butter matters and, and all these things. But meanwhile- why? Why does um, grass-fed butter matter? What if I just had, what if I just put a stick of regular butter? It turns out it in. totally doesn't work, and it drove me nuts because when I came back, I took a stick of butter and some tea, and I blended it up. It tasted like crap, and I didn't feel anything, and I was so bummed. So I tried about a thousand dollars worth of different teas. Just, you know that that wasn't the variable. So then I tried twenty-five kinds of butter, and the two of them from grass-fed cows worked. And it's because of the type of fat in grass-fed butter; it's a different fat molecule than you get from industrial butter, and. Now we know, because I funded research at the University of Washington, that grass-fed butter fat, when it's in contact with um, water, especially hot water, and it's vibrated or blended, that it changes the structure of the water so that your body can immediately use that liquid to make energy in cells. Otherwise, you have to get water into the body and you have to heat the water up while it's near a cell membrane to change the water so you can use it biologically. So these Tibetan wisdom people, wow. they didn't know any of that, but they knew if I blend my yak butter, the rich Tibetans when I was there had like car batteries hooked up to blenders because they didn't have stick blenders with batteries back then. And the poor Tibetans had a butter churn and they would literally every morning, these poor Tibetan ladies would make tea, put the yak butter in there. And for 10 minutes, they're like, chunk, chunk, chunk. And I'm like, guys, just eat the butter and drink the tea. Like, come on. But of course, yeah. I'm a dumb American, right? Because they had wisdom. They, they knew what worked. And it drove me insane that I had to blend the coffee to work. Because to this day, you can eat a stick of butter, drink a cup of coffee, you'll just feel like crap. It doesn't work. The reason is it's changing wow. water chemistry. That was a lot of science to figure that one out. That was Dr. Gerald Pollock's work, who's, um, I think he's about 80 now, and has spent his life researching water chemistry. So, like, who, who would have known? But grass-fed matters because of the type of fat that's in there. And how about tea? You said that you spent thousands of dollars on teas to kind of figure out the tea. Are you okay? Want some water? <laughs> yeah, let me drink some coffee here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have butter in there or just black coffee? This one's just black. I already did my bulletproof mm -hmm. earlier. Oh, okay. Check out this so, cup. I don't know if I look at that. It's like, it's a skull. It's kind of cool. I just, oh, I can't even see the skull. It just looks like it's, um, like it's cool, out there. Oh, yeah. I do see it. That's good. Yeah, I like it. Cool there. No, you can see it. Yeah. Um, I like it. So, so you were asking why, about, yeah. why doesn't tea, if you, it's a, if oh. it's the water piece of it, I mean, you had all these teas. You said the women with the yak butter, they use tea. tea How did you get to the if coffee? You have grass fed butter, but coffee works better. And part mm. of the whole bulletproof thing is, I quit coffee for five years because I would drink it and an hour later, two hours later, I'd get really hungry and I'd want to punch people. Yeah. And it's because there's toxins from fermentation called mold toxins in coffee. And there's something like 34 studies backing that up. And most countries yep. have a regulation for the purity of their coffee because of these known toxins, their carcinogens. And the U.S. doesn't have any regulations. So when coffee is illegal to sell in 
Japan or China or <laughs> anywhere in Europe, they send it to the US, we drink it, then we get angry. <laughs> yeah. Is that really? So is it Starbucks? What about Starbucks or coffee or all these places? If any coffee place. And I, look, Starbucks brought espresso to the U.S. Like, so you got to give them credit for that. Uh, you know, right. it, it, it's always nice to bash on McDonald's and Starbucks and whatever else. But um, seriously, like they brought coffee culture to the U.S. And you like I, I honor that. So any coffee in the U S even award-winning coffee, it doesn't have to pass the screen that all coffee in Europe has to. So I have the, the wow. former president of the specialty coffee association on video with me. And he's like, yeah, I was in Japan. They rejected a thousand shipping containers of coffee beans because they were too moldy for Japanese regulations. I go, what'd you do with them? He goes, we sent them to the U S <laughs> I'm Are not making kidding? this up. It was funny. Joe Rogan came out from me. He was like, Dave's lying about this. I'm like, you can't lie about that. Like there's so much evidence about this. And it makes, it almost makes me laugh. I'm like, guys, I put all the studies up there. So if you drink coffee and That's you get amazing. a sugar craving and, and you, you get hangry or shaky or like really tired a couple hours later, it's when the toxins hit and it's just, that's just how it works. So I, I figured out that clean coffee worked oh. better than tea, but I was going out and buying, you know, the really expensive aged Pu'er tea. I was trying to, maybe the tea they had in Tibet was special tea because I didn't know if it was the tea or if it was the butter or the blending. And I had to figure that out. And then I added MCT oil because I ran an anti-aging nonprofit group for a long time. So this was like thousands of cups of coffee with my friends. And I remember this one a friend, Oksana, uh, I made an early batch where I was still using a little bit of coconut milk and trying to, to get it. And she drank it and she goes, oh my God, my brain feels better than it has ever. Like, I love this. And she calls me a couple hours later. She goes, I drank four cups of this. And this was like, you know, probably two cans of coconut milk. She's like, I don't think I feel so good. I'm like, okay, there's an upper limit already. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of that. And then I published the recipe online. I'm like, guys, this is how you make Bulletproof Coffee. And it actually changes your brain and it really works. And it's helped me lose weight and it turns off hunger and cravings. And it was, it was a big wow. deal. I mean, but that fear putting butter in coffee. So I've, I've been yeah. blessed to speak on Tony Robbins stage at Unleash the Power Within, really cool event. And he has yeah. people walk on coals. And there's a feeling the first yeah. time you look at the coals, you're like, am I really going to step on that? I'll die. Most of the time, the first time you put a hunk of butter in a blender full of hot coffee, you have the same, oh my God, I'm going to die. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And my health, it, man, my energy, my brain turned back on. It was really a big deal. But I'm a little bit nervous. Like no one's done this before, except throughout India and Tibet, but that's different. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. No, but nowhere around us. Yeah, but right? I gathered all my lab data. I'm like, this is really interesting. Your HDL goes way up, which is good cholesterol. Your triglycerides, which you don't want a lot of, they go down. You know, your inflammation markers go down. And magically, I even got a calcium score, an advanced one, and everything is like, this totally checks out. Your LDL can go up or down, but as long as inflammation goes down, LDL is not bad for you. Right. So, I mean, there was a lot of science. I even did a, a study in the first Bulletproof Diet IRB approved all this stuff, testing street coffee from a, from a common vendor with and without butter versus my lab tested coffee with and without butter on seven measures of cognitive function. And on five of seven measures, mold-free coffee with butter was statistically significantly improved cognitive function. It actually does what I say it does. Like, I don't know how else you prove it, but of course, you know, people are, it doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, mold can't exist or whatever. But I got to tell you, that's a meaningful thing. And Bulletproof has done hundreds and hundreds of millions of cups of it. The cafe in, in Santa Monica that yeah. I run, um, it's, it's getting renamed to the Upgrade Cafe from the Bulletproof Cafe. Oh, it is? Uh, yeah. Just oh, because, okay. you know, Bulletproof is it's becoming a big company. And there's a lot of my yeah. food stuff that isn't Bulletproof, you know, 
grass-fed right. steak isn't a bulletproof product. So I just want there to be certain <laughs> bulletproof coffee there, but it's not, you know, everything on the menu isn't made by bulletproof. So I want it, that to be super clear. It's based can on people buy. Can people buy bulletproof butter just by themselves? Like, where do you get bulletproof you can, butter? Or you, you can just get grass-fed any grass-fed butter, butter. anytime. Bulletproof makes a okay. ghee if you want clarified right. butter. But really, you just go to the store and you pick a grass-fed butter. And, and when I started this movement, you couldn't get grass-fed butter except for Kerrygold. It was very unusual. And we right. created a global shortage of grass-fed butter in 2014. Like, like they ran out. <laughs> and there was someone arrested wow. for smuggling butter between two of the Nordic countries uh, because like no one could buy it and prices went up. And I think that was my fault. So now That's though, crazy. you can get grass fed beef, you can get grass fed butter, grass fed well, yogurt yeah. from a variety of brands and the whole grass fed movement matters for saving our soil. I live on a permaculture farm. I have grass fed sheep. We had two baby lambs born last night. Like I'm all in on this stuff because it matters for human biology. It's really important. So does that mean grass fed? So when people say grass fed beef, grass fed other products besides the butter, is there also a difference in how it's, what is the, what is the health benefit there? Oh, is it, it's a really big difference. So when you take a normal, we'll say a cow, right? Okay. You feed it corn and soy. And right. they're the same as humans. The fats we oh, eat. Hold on a second. Is grass fed automatically organic or not? No. You can okay. feed non-organic grass to a cow and it's going to be 10 times better than organic beef that was fed organic corn and organic soy. Oh, so it's better to get grass-fed beef than organic beef. Absolutely. And it needs to be grass-finished. It takes about six weeks of giving a cow grain to make the cow diabetic so that its tissues are full of fat. And it's the wrong kind of fat. What you want to do is get fat from a grass-fed animal. And this is what native people around the world have figured out. The fattiest part of the animal is the most nutrient-dense of the of animal, as long as the animal eats the right stuff. So what you end up with is a cow that eats grass and eats grass until it's butchered ends up being just full of nutrients. But a cow that eats corn and soy, its cells, the membranes of the cells are made out of bad fats that are bad for right. humans called omega-6 oils. Plus, there's something called amyloid, which is cross-linked proteins that industrial cows and industrial chickens get, and that's a direct cause of aging. There's also glyphosate contamination, which is tied to cancer and ruining your gut bacteria. And I am offended at the calories in, calories out kind of thinking that people have. And they right. say, oh, all you have to do is eat less calories, you lose weight. Dude, I weighed 300 pounds. I worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week on a low-fat, low-calorie diet for 18 months. I did not lose any weight. I had a 46-inch waist and weighed 300 pounds at the end of that. And I'm like, maybe wow. it's because I'm eating too much lettuce. No, it's because calories are not how biology works. What is interesting in industrial beef, there's a little a little pharmaceutical that they put inside the cow's ear that melts in and, and becomes a part of the cow's basically lipids. And it is a purified mold toxin called xeranol. And xeranol lets the cow get fat on 30% less calories. So if such a drug can exist, calories in, calories out is, is disproven permanently. Right. But you're eating a cow that has synthetic estrogen a thousand times stronger than your human estrogen. So I'll tell you straight up, you want to live a long time, don't eat industrial meat ever again. Eat less meat. Pay a little bit more for it. You can order it online. It's not expensive. You got to get grass-fed meat. Otherwise, don't do it. And you will feel so different when you do that. And it's because the fats are different and because it doesn't have all the toxins in it. This is so riveting to me. So basically, because everyone's now about, you know, of course, organic, organic. So people assume that organic is naturally going to be better 
Well, it is. You're not going to get glyphosate, at least not as much glyphosate. You won't get the hormones. You won't get the antibiotics. So organic is a step in the right direction. However, you feed it organic corn and organic soy, you've got an omega-6 rich animal that didn't make the right fats that are compatible Mm -hmm. with you. Um, So I posted on my Instagram the other day a picture of of the grass-fed steak I was eating and the fat's yellow. That means the cow actually ate grass and it ate other things that were in the natural range where cows are supposed to eat. So they actually will walk around like my sheep do on the farm. They're free range. They go into the forest. They eat a little bit of rosemary. They eat a little bit of some kind of evergreen tree. They they choose what's right for their biology. And the color of the fat is different. The level of nutrients is through the roof. And when you eat it, you get like a food high. And that's why I do the restaurant in Santa Monica. I'm opening one up here in Victoria too. I want people to feel what it's like when you eat meat that was raised properly and was cooked properly and has healthy fats in it and you walk out of there going like, I am buzzing with energy, but it's not like a caffeine, sugar, MSG buzz. It's just like, my God, I have so much in here. I didn't even realize I could feel like this. And that's how you're supposed to feel when you eat. And when you feel that when you eat, you don't have cravings. You're not hungry for a long time afterwards. So that's the part that's amazing. How much do I have to drink? Because I've been, I've been, a lot of my friends love it and, and like swear by it. And I'm like, again, today I was even going to try it and I got scared. What are you, what are you putting in your mouth? Microdose nicotine. Seriously? Absolutely. Why? Would it, why? What I is it? I thought, I thought it was like a breath spray. Nah, I'm like, I can't I even, you're not even here. Microphone. That wouldn't be an issue. Um, I know. So I interviewed a guy named Dr. Nicotine, at least that's what I call him, from Vanderbilt University. Wrote the first paper in 1986 saying that small doses of pharmaceutical nicotine reverse Alzheimer's disease. Hold on a second. I, I'm writing this down. I mean, forget yep. about the podcast. It, this, this is in Superhuman. I tell you how to uh, use. First of all, I don't remember that in Superhuman. It's in there. So, so nicotine is. Um, I don't remember. Smoking that part. is terrible for you. You should never smoke. I've never smoked, but small doses of purified nicotine mimic exercise in the body. They raise a compound called PGC one alpha. Uh, they encourage growth of new blood vessels, which is healthy. Unless you have cancer, you don't want to do that. And it literally, meaningfully reduces or even reverses Alzheimer's. So the argument that I make is over 40, you should use one or two milligrams a day as not just uh, something to help you with aging and all that. It is the best cognitive enhancer. Like every great book, including mine, has been written on a combination of nicotine and coffee. Like that's how it works. But smoking kills you. So don't smoke. Don't vape either. That kills you worse than smoking. But if you can get either a patch or there's a gum that's safe called Lucy gum. And I'm not talking about a lot of it. I'm talking about very low doses. But during an interview, I love doing it because I'm like all dialed in for you. Can I see what that looks like? So you just this one is. So how uh, often are you doing it? Like, are you just? um, This one's almost empty, which is why I did it twice. Um, It's just a little spray thing. It pumps up. This one's made by Nicorette. You can't buy in the U.S. though, um, because I don't know the FDA hasn't approved it. It's been around for 20 years in Europe and Canada. But Lucy, I think it's ChewLucy.com is the the gum that's got no bad stuff in it. But. The, the difference, I don't know, I, I'll take any cognitive enhancer. The reason modafinil is, is active in the world of biohacking is because I was willing to go on TV about 10 years ago on Nightline. They came to my house. And I'm like, yes, I took the limitless drug to get through my MBA. And it actually changed my meditation, changed my brain. So for eight years, I was on the strongest cognitive enhancer we have. With all the hacking I've done, my brain's always on that stuff, even if I don't take it. But I've done a lot of I'm- neurofeedback for my company that does that. So you can become smarter, faster. Um, in a way that doesn't even, it doesn't even seem possible. I measured, I measured my brain's response time. And this is something that 
predictably gets slower as you age. Like there's a, a curve, it's, it's a straight line. So if you're 40 or you're 50, you're going to have an average speed of something or another. I have the average response time in my brain of a 20 year old. And like, <laughs> great. I, I literally have a younger wow. brain. This stuff works. I mean, so wait, how long have you been doing the mic? So, because that book came out like a year or two ago, right? So, yeah. how long have you been doing this microdosing oh, of nicotine? Six, seven years. When I first came across the research, I'm like, this is convincing. But I'll tell you, you know, smoking is really bad for you. But when people say nicotine, they hear smoking. When people say caffeine, they hear coffee. Mm -hmm. Coffee is a plant medicine. It's also a superfood. And it has a thousand compounds in it, right? And they all do different mm -hmm. things. And some of them aren't good for you, especially if it's moldy coffee, right? And then you get to nicotine. Right. Most of what's in nicotine is not good for you. But there's a couple compounds in there that are really good for you at the right dose, and it's the same thing with microdosing other medications or, or things like LSD or mushrooms. A lot of people are doing that. Yeah. Well, if you take a full dose of one of those things, you're going to be tripping balls. Yeah. Right? But if you take 5% yeah. of a full dose, it actually encourages the growth of synapses in the brain like a young brain. Right. So it's all about dose and timing and when in life you do something like that. I'll tell you, don't vape. Don't you know, become a heavy nicotine user when you're 20, even though it makes your brain work better. It's not a good idea, but as you as you age, you want to manage your biology for where you are. And I'm at 28 percent of my minimum lifespan, so I think it's this time is to unbelievable. Use. You're fascinating. So basically, so you're microdosing nicotine. How like how many times during the day, or is it like kind of like throughout the day, ten times? Like I usually my my goal is to use four or five milligrams a day, um, but when I do interviews, I usually use it a little bit more often, just because it's really good for verbal fluency and just like being completely dialed in so can you send me one of these because i can't have it here like yeah, I'm would you be able to afterwards i'll send you one yeah oh my god just I get would... the lucy stuff I, I'm, it's like a piece of gum you chew it and put it in your in your um like i don't know wherever you'd put chewing tobacco you basically like chew it twice yeah. and let it sit there and you'll have the best day of your life i mean it, it is for productivity one of the most important most studied cognitive enhancers with so much data it's also addictive but here's the deal Nicotine by itself, without all the crap they put in cigarettes or, or vaping stuff, it has the same addictiveness and washout period as coffee. It's about a three-day thing. So I've you know quit using it for months at a time, multiple times, and, but I actually like my life better when I have a little bit of nicotine in it. Don't use tons, though. It's not good for you. Right. Because you're about cycling everything, right? Like even about fasting, you should be cycling. Yeah. You should be cycling the keto diet. I mean, everything is about like kind of, is it because your body gets used to it? And then of course it's not as effective also, like you have to kind of back off. To yeah. Our bodies are so beautifully lazy. Yes. <laughs> so if you tell it that anything is in a steady state, it's like, great, I can stop investing there. So if you if you keep things constantly changing, even sometimes just a brief but abrupt change has the most benefit. And this is why taking a pink dumbbell and flopping it around doesn't do very much. Right. But if once a week you do something really hard, you pick up a heavy dumbbell or you know, do some pull-ups or push-ups or whatever is at your, the, the limit of your ability to do, you will see huge progress from it. And so it's sometimes you don't eat anything. The body goes, oh, you mean I have to be able to survive when there's no food? Let me wire myself to be resilient. And then, oh, sometimes at the end of the shower, the water gets really cold for one minute. Holy crap, there might be an ice age anytime. Any cell in the body that can't turn on heat production quickly, I, I guess I have to replace those. Because the body is doing math. And it says, right. how much energy is it going to take me to get rid of a weak mitochondria and put in a young, strong one? Like, that's a, that's a lot of work. I don't want to do that. 
But then you're going, you live in a world where there could be a famine and there could be an ice age at any time. But I was like, uh, I better get on making that cell young again. And that said, if I just turn the air conditioning to 68 all the time, it's not going to do it. it. It's not a strong enough signal. So I'm about right. sending those signals in and never getting used to one thing. And this is the problem too. Right. When we exercise an hour and a half a day, six days a week, I'm like, it's easy. Every day, no matter what, I go to the gym except for Sundays. Right. I just picked a random day. That's the day I'm right. going to do it. So um, every morning I wake up, I do the same thing. And most people, the other reason I wrote the book, Fast This Way, most people say, oh, you know what? I fasted and I felt great. Right. So I fast every day now and I feel great. And now I'm going to fast even longer every day. And they fall right. into the fasting trap. And it's the same as the keto trap. And if people ignore that part of the bulletproof diet. I'm like, go into ketosis, go out of ketosis. But right. when you over keto or you over fast, women hit the wall before men do. And the wall right. is first, my sleep quality goes away. Like, wow, I feel so good fasting. I know it works already. So I must need to fast more, but my sleep is no good. That's weird. Hmm. And then they keep fasting because they know it works. Maybe they even, they, they double down on it because it works right. so well. Exactly. Um, but they're not feeling good anymore. And so first sleep goes away. You wake up feeling hungover. Then in women, the cycle gets irregular. In men, they wake up without a kickstand, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you get hair shedding, yeah. right? So this is why yeah. in the book, I'm like, look, three days a week might be enough. Four days a week. It's okay to fast for 12 hours or 14 or 16 or 18. And if it's so day you feel great, fast for 24 hours if you want to. But habitually fasting when your body's not ready for it, fasting is like exercise. Don't exercise when you're already trashed. Recover when you're trashed. Exercise when you're ready. Fast right. harder when you're ready. And if you wake up and you're like, I'm already a zombie, maybe you should have breakfast that day and it's okay. And, and this is how the body actually works. Now, okay, so a couple, there's a hundred thousand things, of course, but so... Is there a difference between the 16-8, which is the 16-hour, the 8-hour window versus the 5-2? Like all the numbers, you know, all the numerals you put in there, uh, fa fasting. Like do people get the same um, benefits or are there more benefits in, in different versions of what you're doing? Not you, it's, but in, in general. It's like the 80-20 rule. So right. if you pick an intermittent fasting practice that works for you, and maybe it's, you know, 14 hours without food, which is really easy to do, like seriously, have dinner a little bit early, okay, and finish right. eating at six, you got four hours before bedtime, you get eight hours of sleep, you did 12 hours, you wake up at 6am, eat breakfast at 10am, there you did a 14 hour or actually 8am, that's a 14 hour fast, yeah. you did it and you go till 10am. It's not that hard, because it just feels like you're skipping breakfast. Right. But um, do you have to do that every day? No. There's a study from Dr. Murad out of Australia, and she says, she studied women specifically and said, look, a, a 12 to 16 hour fast, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, had profound benefits. So the the main message here is right. do it, do what works for you. And it may be different based on your age, based on your gender, um, based on what time of the month it is, based on how stressed you are emotionally or physically and whether you're a heavy athlete or not. So the answer is pretty much, it depends on you. But if you are at least three days a week doing an intermittent fast that doesn't make you feel crappy all the time, you're gonna start getting benefits. There is a good argument for doing a 48 hour fast at least once a quarter. Why? Which, and for that, it increases growth hormone and it ramps up autophagy even more. And what I did is, um, if you go to fastthisway.com, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there is a free two week course where I teach you the book. I'm not trying to sell anything. And it's literally, I was a teacher at the university of California for a long time. I'm like, I wrote the book. Why don't I teach people to do it? So we've had about 45,000 people do the fasting challenge where every day I teach you the different fasting techniques and you find the one that feels best. And like you do that most of the time or some of the time and that's it. But there's no one on earth who can credibly say you should do a 16, eight fast X number of days a week because well, what day was it? Like, did your boyfriend break up with you that day? You know, right. did your kids totally have a meltdown? Did you stay up all night last night? Because that affects your ability to fast. And the idea that you're supposed to go run a marathon, even if you're not ready to run a marathon, you wouldn't do that. But yet some people are like, I have to go exercise, even if the last thing I need is exercise, what I actually need is sleep. So it's okay to mix up your fast. I had breakfast this week twice, right? But I normally you don't. You did? Absolutely. Normally I do two meals a day. In fact, those days I did, I had uh, breakfast and lunch just because I woke up. I'm like, you know what? I didn't sleep that well. Um, and so I'm gonna have breakfast and it worked out just great. More from our guest, but first a few words from our sponsor. So when I heard about Mint Mobile's $15 a month plan, I thought there had to be a catch. And then I tried out their service and noticed not the slightest difference in my quality of service or internet strength. So then why am I paying so much for my wireless service? Uh, not anymore. It's Mint Mobile all the way. They have unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash habits. That's mintmobile.com slash habits. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash habits. And now to our next sponsor. So I've tried a lot of different omega-3 supplements over the years, guys. And I've got to say, Iwi is one of the best I've ever used. Their secret is algae. So it brings it to a whole other level than just plain fish oil. Here are some other things. Fish and krill get their omega-3s by consuming algae. That makes algae the original and best source of omega-3. Also, Iwi's proprietary form of algae leads to 50% more absorption than fish, krill, and other algae oils. And don't be fooled by imitators because not all algae is created equal. Iwi's patented formula goes straight to your bloodstream, making more absorption and more health benefits. And it's also plant-based, sustainably sourced, and farmed in the U.S., Give Iwi a try and you're going to love it as much as I do. That's why I've arranged for all of my listeners to get this amazing offer you can only get here. For a limited time, you can save 30% on your first purchase by going to iwilife.com slash habits using promo code habits at checkout. And be sure to watch the really cool video that shows how Iwi is better absorbed by our bodies. That's Iwi Life. That's I-W-I-L-I-F-E dot com slash habits, promo code habits for 30% off your first purchase. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
what is the day in the life of you? What time do you wake up? Give me your whole, I want to know exactly what right. you do from the second you wake up until the second you go to bed. And I want to mimic it for a week. All right. I, I wake up around, around 630. Now there's a chapter in Fast This Way. I am a night owl by genetic design. Yeah. I'm supposed to be in the night shift. So I use a combination of light and food. So light's the most important signal to when your body's going to wake up and food is the second most. So I shifted my circadian rhythm. So the first time in my life, I actually wake up naturally at 630. Like this morning, I woke up at six, just all by myself. And that was not possible. I'm the 10 a.m. I, I stay up till 2 a.m. naturally, but I I've changed it because I know when to eat. And I know when to expose myself to light and magically I'm in control of my sleep cycle. So I woke up because this morning I want to drop my son off at school and he has an early drop off at the bus. So I woke up with enough time to do some stuff. I do uh, five minutes of journaling. I use um, energyforsuccess.com, Dr. Barry Morgulon, who's uh, one of nine living grandmasters of Lao Tzu's oral lineage, like incredible guy. I'm writing so this down. I do energyforsuccess.com. He's he's a friend. I'm in his, you know, his coaching group and all that, but I don't have a financial relationship. Just, you know, I've learned a lot from him. Right. But what I do is I set my goals for the day, a little journaling, mm -hmm. and I do a set of exercises that he's designed um, that are these things for the practice that protected the emperor of China. So there's a lot of like Qigong related stuff. Yeah. Um, but these aren't like exercise, exercise. They're like, you know, move your wrists like this and it works. And I mean, it works big time. I can't tell you why this is very esoteric stuff, but it's very powerful. I do what that. What does it do? What does it do when you move? Well, your I mean, like th that? there's, uh, this lines up with my understanding of biology, but there's a lot of sensing networks in the body that we don't pay attention to. And his whole practice is designed to turn on those things and to train the fascia of the body. So I do a set of exercises for about 20 minutes, but it's not physical exercise. It's movement to like right. loosen up the body and get like the nerves in the neck doing stuff. Um, the, most days my exercises, I'll do six or seven pull-ups and 10 squats. And that's, that's my it? exercise. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like I'm doing all right. I mean, like there's guys who are yes. more muscular than me, but uh, that's pretty New good. Times, New York times says I'm almost muscular, which is what you want to be to live a long time. You don't want to be too muscular. You don't want to be, you know, not muscular. And then once a week I'll do 15 minutes of either electrical stimulation or blood flow restriction training, uh, either with bands or weights or electrical stem. And that is really powerful. So I, my company upgrade labs, we're franchising yeah. this year. I have the gear I use puts Are muscle you? on. Oh yeah. We're going to have dozens and dozens of locations around the world. You have that crazy machine. Talk, mm -hmm. Tell us about that. I love that machine. Can you talk about that machine? Well, Upgrade Labs has about six different kinds machine. of tech that all give a signal to grow or recover way stronger than Mother Nature would tell you. So we have a machine we call the Cheat Machine that lets you put on muscle about three times faster than lifting weights by manipulating your body's perception of gravity. So you're pushing Does it against work? a computer. Oh my God. It, I don't know. Does it work? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it is we amazing. We have a lot of pro actually. athletes and celebrities yeah. who have to look good on camera. It totally works. We've got one at the Beverly Hilton, which yeah. is, you know, celebrity ground zero for a reason. And, you know, I do have um, an infrared sauna. I'll do that, which is, you could say it's a form of exercise, but generally I exercise less than a lot of people. I'm not against exercise. I just do very effective exercise and I'll go for a walk every day. So basically 10 squats, seven pull-ups, a daily walk. I'll stand on my vibrating plate. The Bulletproof Vibe is something I've yeah. done for, for many years, but that's like going for a walk and you can be on the phone and you're going, that's what I do. But 
I mean, like I, the power plate, like the power plate. Yeah. Thing? Is that what you talked about? Yeah. 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 It's okay. the one, it really matters though. A lot of the, the ones out there vibrate side to side, they screw up your back. It has to be a vertical yes. one um, or a horizontal oscillation, but there's, there's tech, just bulletproof vibe. If you Google that, you'll find it. Okay. Um, so I'll, I might do that, but every day I, then I'll drop my kids off at school or do whatever, have my coffee, have a handful of smart drugs and, and, um, nutrients that work with fasting on an empty stomach. I will then, um, usually I'll, I'll set aside like 45 minutes for either learning or maybe doing a different biohack from upgrade labs. So sometimes I'll do intermittent hypoxic training where you breathe air that has no oxygen and it makes your cells strong. My whole point is I want every cell in my body to be able to make maximum energy like a young person on demand. And when you do that, your brain benefits the most and then abs are a side effect. Right. And it's, okay. it's ridiculous. Wait, I've got so many questions. You're like, okay, so first, could you, you know, normally when you ask that person this, this question to someone, they're like, yeah, I wake up, I have a gratitude journal, I meditate and whatever, you know, Bob is your uncle, we move on. But with you, this is like major. So it's precise because I wanted to work better. I'm so lazy. I don't want to spend two hours meditating unless it's the most effective meditation that there is on the planet. So what time are okay? So you what time are you having your coffee? And how much coffee? What's the amount of coffee? You never told me that I you oh, should. So I will coffee. have my first coffee sometime after I wake up, like probably than a half hour waking up. Okay. Um, and uh, well, I forgot when I first wake up. There's like a ten or fifteen minute like guided visualization thing from um, Energy for Success from Dr. Barry. And I'll do that to sort of get out of bed. Then I'll usually make a shot of espresso. I'll put in some of the Bulletproof Creamer, which has butter, MCT, and prebiotic fiber. Funny, those are all in Fast This Way as fasting hacks. Yeah, those are the fasting hacks, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. So then there, I, I just did that. And I blend it um, with a little hand blender now because it's easier than putting butter and MCT in the blender the way I used to. And then I'll drink that while I'm doing my, my journaling, setting goals for the day and stuff like that. And then what time is your first meal, yours? Um, usually around 2. Okay. And your window. And I might between- have another cup of black coffee like I am right now. You know, this is just a, an Americano made with bulletproof beans. Right. Okay. So then, and that coffee with the, with, if you just have that creamer that has all those three things, which are the fasting hacks, I guess, yeah. does it, does it, how long does it typically hold someone for? It depends for? on how used to fasting you are. So not for me, it all. hold me all day. Like I, I could literally today not even have dinner and just wake up tomorrow and eat something. And I, wouldn't it's hard to say I wouldn't notice because there's a social aspect of sitting down with the kids at dinner, but I wouldn't feel a sense of loss and I wouldn't feel a sense of stress or anxiety. I just feel like, you know, there's plenty of food coming. My body's just used to it. In fact, in the middle of my book launch, and we sold a hundred thousand copies so far, which is really good for a, a book during the COVID time. You and sold a hundred thousand the fastest way. Yeah. And this one really, no, that's amazing for I think three weeks. Um, and yeah, this is, yeah, all of your it, books, like, though, that, I those feel. are big numbers for a book. It's because there's so much interest in this, but it's, it's because yeah. the message is about how do you feel better? Not how do you get thinner? And right. when you turn on the energy stuff in your brain, in your body, having, you know, pants that are looser is just a side effect. You know, like if right. you target weight loss, I, I've worked with so many like female, um, you know, bodybuilding or fitness, uh, competitors. And every one of them says the same thing, Dave. I never looked hotter in my life or felt worse. So you can lose weight the way I used to. And you feel like crap all the time. And you're hungry. You're constantly low injury. You're cold. You're like, Ugh. Right? But oh, look at this. I'm losing weight. And as soon as you stop, the weight comes back. So you lose mm-hmm. 20 pounds, gain 30, lose 30, gain 40. And if you do it the other way, like I'm just going to eat for my energy. And then the body's like, 
I have enough energy finally. And the sense of relaxation sets in and the body goes, oh, I don't have to store fat anymore because I'm safe because I have enough energy. So it's about yeah. changing the environment around you and inside of you so they have control of your biology. That's the definition of biohacking when I first wrote it. And that, wow. that's why this is so phenomenal. But for me, my body knows it's totally safe if I don't eat for three days. In fact, I didn't eat for three days in the middle of the book launch for Fast This Way. I'm like, you know what? I have podcasts 12 hours a day. Why do I need to eat? And I didn't. And after three days, I'm like, you know what? It's time to eat. But that kind of resilience, dude, you're talking to a guy who weighed 300 pounds and had to eat six or eight times a day. And if I didn't eat right on time, I would want to kill people. Like okay, if well, I can do this, anyone can. Well, I'm, you're talking to like a Jewish kid, g- girl who basically when I'm eating breakfast, I'm thinking about lunch. And when I'm eating l- mm-hmm. lunch, I'm thinking about dinner. And when I'm thinking about dinner, I can't wait to wake up so I can have breakfast. So it's like a mental thing, you know? And have you seen, mm-hmm. I know you're saying it's, you got to change, you got to shift that. No, that's not what I'm going to say. It's only part mental. It's mental because especially if your mom is like most Jewish moms, um, yeah. you know, food is love, right? And by yes. way, it's not just Jewish moms who do that. Like this is most <laughs> right? And we associate okay. food with, you know, care and love and connection and all of those good things, right? And then part of the work that you do in personal development is, okay, how do I experience those things with or without food? Because they're actually separate from it, but we got programmed, you know, all of us did because we used to nurse. <laughs> like yeah, you want and, uh, yeah. there's nutrients, there's some fat in there. And, you know, it's a it's exactly. an intimate thing. So all that programming is going on below your consciousness. So what you end up doing with this is you go, you know what? Today I felt better than when I had breakfast. And the second part of it that isn't coming from your mom, isn't coming from, you know, your tradition. It's that when you eat certain foods, they make you hungry. Yes. And if you can find the foods that turn off hunger and don't turn it on, Fasting is easy. And most people, this is the biggest thing they learn from doing the fasting challenge. It's like, look, you're going to have dinner. And if you wake up the next morning and you're ravenous, you ate dinner wrong. Something in there, there's five categories of foods that I call, these are the ones that most commonly cause cravings. They don't just cause cravings though. They make you fat because they stop your cells from working right. Yes. Tell people. One of them is omega-6 plant-based oils, corn oil, soybean oil, canola oil, um, even lots of nuts and seeds. It's just an oil that's not compatible with our cells. Mm -hmm. So your body tries to use it as a building block and it makes extra inflammation in the body. So you cut down on those. That's why butter is so important. Coconut oil, grass-fed animals instead of, you know, these crappy seed oils that no human could ever eat without big industrial processing. Right. And they're cheap, which is why all restaurants use them, but they're inflammatory. So those will make you hungry. And if you don't believe me, go out and have a whole bunch of French fries and wake up the next morning and see how hungry you are. You're going to be hungry. It's just how it works. Inflammation drives hunger. Second thing is oxalic acid. And this is in the first chapter of the Bulletproof Diet. I wrote about this 10 years ago. Told Joe Rogan about it on his show. Like, hey, Joe, you shouldn't be eating so much kale. It's bad for you. And later Mike Tyson comes. I was like, killer kale. I hate kale. I'm like, thank you, Mike. Now Joe's listening. And I love that you said that too. I remember you talk about that all the time. People think kale is like this major superfood and it's not. It's It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, as a raw vegan man, I ate my pounds of kale and it took me years to get all that crap out of my system because kale and some of the, especially raw spinach, raw kale are the worst offenders, but they have this compound that finds calcium in your body. It's sticks to the calcium, makes tiny little razor sharp crystals that then cause inflammation in your brain, throughout the body, poke holes in your gut, and they can even accumulate in your joints. It's a major cause of kidney stones and gout right now. There's tons of people with kidney stones from their stupid kale smoothies. Wow. And, How about, and you said spinach also. Raw spinach especially, yeah, but spinach too. 
So those spinach salads that we never, ever ate until the 80s, yeah. it's actually not a good move. Like go back to lettuce. Good old fashioned dark lettuce is so much healthier for you. Right? I love that you're saying this. So like all these people you said, like kale smoothies, you know, spinach and this and that is actually bad for you. I, I promise you that if you have a spinach kale salad for lunch by 2 p.m., you're going to be eating candy. It all, have you ever been yeah. satisfied after a kale Never. salad? No. <laughs> exactly. It creates hunger because it's so full of toxins. Okay, so there's oxalic acid. There's also lectins. And yeah. lectins are also a big part of, of my first book. And these are compounds that plants put in place to keep from getting eaten by animals. Different people have different sensitivities to them. But the most common and dangerous one is from the deadly nightshade family, which includes, unfortunately, potatoes, tomatoes, uh, bell peppers, eggplant. So for me, I'm sensitive to those. If I eat those, my joint pain comes back. I get muscle tension. My gut gets off. I get food cravings. And this is probably a third to half of people have some issues with those, oh. depending on your genetics and your gut bacteria. And so you're like, hmm, that's funny. I had the, the super healthy bell pepper stuff with whatever. And the next morning, I was ravenous. Well, newsflash, it was the bell pepper. So you figure out pretty soon, because when you get used to just not being hungry all the time, I did something to make myself hungry. What was that? And you, you develop wow. curiosity. And then there's something called phytic acid, this whole grains. In every country where we eat grains, the people who can afford to remove the outer most toxic part of the grain and only the peasants eat whole wheat and brown rice. Brown rice has 80 times more arsenic than white rice and yeah. negligible fiber and nutrients. So our job is to figure out what are the bad things we're eating. Don't eat the bad stuff and eat only the good stuff. And Did you eat white rice, right? Like I eat white rice, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't deceive myself. Oh, brown rice, which causes inflammation in the gut, is rough on the gut and is full of other toxins and phytic acid as well. Why did I tell myself that was healthy? Because in countries where they eat rice, they know white rice is easier on you than that. And yeah. they also know rice isn't a great source of protein or nutrients. Rice is a source of calories. It's energy. It's starch. So wow. you just wow. realize, okay, something I'm doing. And if you don't believe me, have a bunch of brown rice and then look at how hungry you are over the next day and then have a bunch of white rice with protein and fat the way it was meant to be eaten. And magically, you'll feel better. And it's just, it's predictable and it works for everybody. So you start tuning your food so you're just never hungry. And then fasting is effortless. But part okay. of what you're doing, you wake up hungry because of what you did for dinner. Wow. And what, what's like a perfect meal? So for you, when you eat your first meal, what is that meal? My first meal is almost always grass-fed lamb, beef, or pastured pork from animals that I raise myself because, hey, I live on a farm. I get wow. to do that. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I'll get it. Uh, and when I can't get it from my own farm or whatever, um, there are a variety of places you can order from when they'll ship it to your house. And it's not terribly expensive when you buy 20 pounds a time throw in the freezer. You'll pay about what you'd pay for organic beef at the local store. Ideally, go to the farmer's market, support a local farmer. We need more of those right now, more than ever before in human history. Right. Um, you know, my yes. little farm, I feed, you know, I, I make the the meat from my restaurant. <laughs> That's about oh all I can gosh. throw in the space I've got, but I do my best. So you, you want to do that. So for me, it, I'll do that. And because I'm usually eating one or two meals, my basal metabolic rate is 3000 calories a day. And I've measured that at upgrade labs. We have equipment for that. So that's how much food I need. And so you go to a restaurant and give me little two ounces of fish. I'm like, are you kidding me? Four, give me four main courses to get enough energy to feel good. And there's a lot of people, especially women going, I'm on a 1200 calorie a day diet. You're going to feel like crap when you yeah. do that because you don't have enough energy. So for me, it's like, okay, how do I do that? So there's going to be butter. There's going to be some sort of uh, prebiotic fiber that I incorporate into the meals sometime. Quite often there's carbs. It's usually white rice. 
Um, and then there's some kind of vegetable. It's a salad um, or some sort of cooked vegetables like broccoli or cauliflower or something like that. And I do that. I could skip dinner. I could have dinner. It doesn't really matter. I'm completely, completely full. But I'm probably eating 1,800 calories minimum in that meal because it's the only meal I might eat. That's not even enough to sustain me if I do that every day. You can't eat 3,000 calories in one meal unless you're crazy. So then if I had a second meal, it'd be something similar. But it's basically grass-fed, properly made animal protein because you need the protein. I always add collagen, the Bulletproof Collagen I'm famous for because it allows you to have more protein and it doesn't have a flavor. Uh, And it also allows you to balance out some inflammatory stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just pretty much meat, vegetables, and some amount of starch. And if I'm in a keto kind of a week, then I just cut out the starch, but I don't even do that very often. You don't have to. And have that's you, do, what I eat. You should do like a cookbook. Have you done a cookbook yet? You must have. Bulletproof Diet Cookbook. Do you have one? Okay. Yes. I mean, because I was thinking like, because you've actually motivated me to actually do this now properly, the, at it's least the so butter good. and the coffee. The, the only warning I'll have for you is that. Back when I first launched the Bulletproof Diet, I, I'd been over backwards to accommodate this incredible like fetish for kale and raw spinach that people had. So there's a few recipes where I incorporate those because there's so much demand, but there's yeah. in the book, I'm like, warning, warning. <laughs> the way the Bulletproof Diet works, by the way, daveasprey.com slash roadmap, it's totally free. This is like the synopsis of the book. You should download that. Okay. And what, what it is, is it says, okay, these veggies don't cause inflammation. These veggies might cause inflammation and don't eat this other crap. And do that. And I do that for proteins. I do that for starches and for everything. So you just, you know, okay, these are good. These are maybe good, not so good. And having just a roadmap to tell you, you don't have to be perfect, but if you wake up and you feel weird, you're like, what did I eat that was in the, maybe the suspect foods group? Maybe that was the guilty suspect. So over time you learn it, but the recipes there, there's a couple of them that have raw spinach in them that I, in retrospect, I should have just held the line and been like, don't do that. But instead I'm like, you know, cook it with baking soda. You can neutralize some of it. And you might think, Dave, you're so picky and weird. Look, I never want to be hungry again. I never want my brain to ever stop working the way it used to. And I don't want any more pain in my body ever. And I don't have it. Like I am younger now than I've ever been in my life. Everything works better. I have the arterial flexibility of the average 24 year old. My brain works. Um, it's, it's hard to express how much energy I have. And you're not supposed to be doing this. I'm 48. I mean, but you look great. You look, you look like 28 oh, and thank you. you know, you're welcome. And you also, but the thing is you, I have other questions, but I don't want to like, I know I don't have all day with you, which I wish I did because I have questions about why you are so good though. It's because you also do the peptides and the stem cells and all these other things, but I won't, I won't bother you with that. If you promise that you'll come back and talk about superhuman and game changers with me another sure, time. I, I'd be happy to come back. Look, I, this is my year of sharing what I do. I have never taught my books. Um, I launched a, a group called the upgrade collective and we've got, I don't know how many people, probably thousands of people now um, with a, a group of coaches I've trained personally and me. And I come on twice a mm-hmm. month and answer questions for the a whole year. We like learn in a community um, because teaching this is really important. So for me, because of COVID, I'm like, oh, I have time to sit down and actually structure courses and build support. So we can have thousands of people learning how to do this and showing everyone around, this is how I feel, this is how I look. Do you want to maybe do some of this? So this is about spreading like the manual for how to feed a human, how to care for a human that we weren't born with. So I'm yeah. uh, I'm all over sharing this year. So I'll come back on and talk about whatever you want. Oh, I, I really hope so. I mean, so, but because we're talking about the fasting book, what, what supplements do you say are not good to take? What are good to take while you're fasting? Can we talk about that? Yeah, there's a whole chapter in Fast This Way I know. that kind of summarizes it. 
Probably a few. The, the ones, you don't have to talk about all of them, but uh, like I'm just talking about the four to not take when you're fasting. I thought the bar fee, the bar fee four, the bar fee four. <laughs> if you take fish oil, if you take uh, B vitamins, uh, and if you take a multivitamin, and what was the other fourth one? That's really not good for you. Um, there's a multi-minerals. It was, there's it was a, a minerals. I can go look at it. Um, I don't have the, the name. Those four here. things generally going to give you nausea when you're fasting. Um, so then what should you take during a fast? And there's surprisingly, most fasting books don't talk about this at all. But if you take something called proteolytic enzymes or systemic enzymes, what you're doing during a fast is your body's cleaning up gunk between the cells and inside the cells. And all the digestive energy that would have gone into breaking down your meal goes into breaking down old tissues so you can get young ones. That's why having an empty stomach for a while is important. Well, if you take an enzyme that accelerates that process, that doesn't break your fast, that's pretty cool. So I talk about oh. several different forms of those. So I'm a fan of enzymes. You need salt, like sea salt is mm -hmm. good. Magnesium is particularly good during a fast. Um, there's a new supplement, and I think there's uh, it's spermidine life dot us slash dave i think there's a discount at slash dave but i don't know um spermidine is well it comes from what it sounds like spermidine there. yep this is something that i wrote about in superhuman but you couldn't buy it the only yeah. way you can get spermidine it, it mimics the effect of a fast even if you're eating but if you take it during a fast it amplifies a fast but you couldn't buy it when i wrote superhuman but the anti-aging stuff it's like really extends lifespan so after yeah. I published Superhuman just six months ago, it got launched in the US. And so I take four of the spermidine life capsules every day while I'm fasting because it amplifies the effect of a fast. Before that, I would illegally import probiotics from Japan that, um, wow. would, that would make spermidine grow in your gut, hopefully. But it's a lot easier just to take it as a supplement. So I take uh, the proteolytic enzymes. I take that uh, spermidine life. I take magnesium, uh, my vitamin A, D, and K. It absorbs better with bulletproof coffee because of the fat, but you can take it on an empty stomach. It's better than not taking it. Those are some of the basic ones. Because you you talk about this also in your other book, like you're a big NAD fan like I am, but do you take NAD? I mean, do you take NAD with and while you're fasting? I do it usually in the evening. Um, I use... Uh, True Niagen and Upgrade Labs does like I does NAD intravenous stuff. So I take uh, niacin, which is a B three vitamin precursor. I take uh, the True Niagen NR. I take something called NMN, and I've interviewed like the top NAD researchers in the world on Bulletproof Radio. And it's it's like your job is to make your cells able to make a ton of energy, which is what a lot of my work is about, including the diet stuff, fasting, all that. But right. then the second thing is, how do you move the energy once you make it? And that's what NAD does. So NAD allows your body to move the, the electrons you make around more effectively. And as you age, your NAD levels decline by 90% between age right. zero and age 90. So having young people NAD levels equals young people's electrical performance in your body. So I, I do that on a regular basis. It's compatible with fasting. It is compatible with fasting. Yeah. Good. Because I'm a big NAD person and Truniagen as well. So cool. uh, that's good to know. So then you can, so that's a good one. And then you talk about uh, charcoal a lot too, activated charcoal. Yeah. I introduced activated charcoal to the world of biohacking, like the first year that biohacking was a thing. Um, because yeah, it, why? it's been used for 10,000 years in every society around the planet. And as soon as something goes off in your gut, um, it creates physical anxiety. Like our gut is part of our nervous system, part of our brain. And when your gut bacteria are stressed, they follow those F words, fear and bacteria yeah. can't really run away. So they make something called 
lipopolysaccharide. They make a toxin that crosses the, the gut barrier, crosses the blood brain barrier. It makes you feel anxious, makes you feel hungry and kind of makes you feel foggy. And when you fast, your gut bacteria can get stressed as they change. If you take activated charcoal, it sticks to this compound. So the stress compounds from your gut bacteria don't make it into your brain. And activated charcoal, is, it's a profound thing to actually make you feel good. As if any GI problems whatsoever, you take it and you feel better quickly. Even my kids, they start melting down if we eat out of a restaurant or something. I'm like, here, have some charcoal. And 20 minutes later, they're back to their normal selves. Really? Because yeah. I remember the last few years, it's became, again, probably because of you, it became like a thing, this, you know, charcoal. Um, and then do you, have you heard of something called fulvic, fulvic uh, acid, fulvic, this has it in it. That's yeah, I just why I'm posted, asking. yeah, that has it. I just posted um, about a, a brand, Bean Minerals, um, on my Instagram. So what I actually do now is I'll add a, a fulvic and humic minerals, uh, either I'll put it in with uh, some probiotics I'll drink, or I'll put it in with uh, uh, with my coffee. You can't taste it, and it's heat stable, so you can literally just like dump some in a cup of bulletproof coffee, and it's invisible. So, um, humic and fulvic acid do stuff to sell electrical charge. That's pretty good for you. And also, doesn't it also help detox your body? Also, that's probably. what I probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say, listen. I, I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, I I'm a big fan of this, so I'm gonna send you some, and you can tell me what you think. Oh, but, awesome. Cool. Yeah. I thought for sure you'd be like a huge fan because of everything that you do, that you would love it. But it's, it's really good stuff. I think that uh, in terms of making your electricity work better, which does have a detox effect, I'm not sure about directly binding to, I think there's metal detox, but not lipopolysaccharides. I'm just thinking about the research I've read, but yeah, I've had the, the BLK water. I don't know how you say it, black or BLK. I call it BLK. Yeah. BLK yeah I've, water. I've definitely had that stuff, you know, I've picked it up at Whole Foods and all, and it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And the I idea like it. there is you want more minerals and you want more electrical activity in the cells. And it, pretty much everything I recommend in the world of biohacking is around those things like less toxins, more energy equals your clothes fit better, but more importantly, your brain works better and you, you have a, you can focus when you want to, and you're not thinking about food all the time. You're not worried all the time. And it's, it's pretty liberating. What's like the next, you know, evolution of your stuff? Like, because give me something yeah. that like, because, you know, we'll hear about it normally, like you'll do it in like 10 years from now, people are going to talk about it. Well, you get the, the nicotine is a big one. Out, yeah, I'm bringing that out at, at Upgrade Labs, where there's this all these technologies, my company called um, True Light, we make LED light <laughs> panels. But it's not just red and infrared. Oh, uh, we're okay. doing some stuff with the, the rate of blinking and we're doing another color um, of amber, a very specific wavelength that has multiple studies on what it does for skin and collagen. So light therapy, like we're doing at Upgrade Labs. But right now, okay, I've done that. My, I my love glasses that place. company, you know, True Dark, these are patented or at least patent pending, but I wrote the patent on these. These are not blue blockers. Blue blockers They're not are yellow. too much during the day. These are... So during the day, blue blocking will make you sick because if you block all the blue light, you don't get a wake up signal. You have to block some. So my yellow glasses block some. These are designed for sleep. There's three variables, including the color of light, the angle and the intensity. All of those are hacked here. So I can double my deep sleep if I wear the sleep glasses, but blue blockers won't do it. This is from my company, True Dark. So my job now this year is to get the knowledge about all of the stuff around light so we can actually make our homes so the light's built in are compatible with our biology because junk light is as important as junk food for maintaining your health. So my house, we have dim lights at night 
because that's what our bodies expect. And then my kids go to sleep on time and they sleep all night. And so do I. Right. And so I consider those to be important. And then a lot of the other more advanced stuff, pulsed electromagnetic frequencies, electrical current, manipulating the kinds of gas you breathe, all that is coming at Upgrade Labs. And that's just UpgradeLabs.com. So I'm really working on not just talking about it, but actually making it accessible and making it affordable. And that's my big mission right now. So where, when is Upgrade Labs going to be everywhere? I thought there was just one here in LA. I didn't now, realize. There's two in LA. There's one in Victoria where I live opening yeah. uh, in about a month. And there will be franchises all over the world. And if you go to UpgradeLabs.com slash franchise, you can sign up to get info as soon as our franchise disclosure is ready to go. No, it's so amazing. So we're going really big. This is my next big, like really large company because I want every city in the world to have a place where people can go and they can get more exercise in less time and they can recover faster than they ever could any other way in a very small amount of time. I know how to do it. Like I've been doing this for 20 years. I spent a million bucks teaching myself how, and now it's time to make this. So why would you do something else? Like you do this first because it's worth it. No. Do you guys have a hyperbaric chamber in there too now or no? You have that? No, thing? I will at the, the signature one up here because I have all my weird toys in Victoria. But hyperbaric is so powerful. It's incredible. But to be honest, you can buy your own hyperbaric chamber. If you've ever had a brain injury or cognitive problems, you need 41 hour sessions. You can buy your own chamber for like five or ten thousand dollars, which sounds like a lot. Except when you're done with it, you can sell it for almost what you paid for it. No so way. You, you put it in your living room. It's big and it's kind of annoying and noisy. So for two months, you lay down there and watch Netflix for an hour, or listen to Bulletproof Radio, or listen to yeah. you know, <laughs> Habits and Hustle. Thank you. Do something good in there. Journal. It doesn't matter. But you sit in there for an hour, and then you come out, and by the end of that time. You're like, what happened to my brain? Like, I love my life. Everything works again. And especially even if you hit your head as a child, your brain will recover with 40 sessions of hyperbaric. But to come into a a clinic and do it, I got to have someone sitting there like watching you for an hour where anyone can do this at home. So generally speaking, I love the idea of just doing hyperbaric at home. And you put on a credit card you pay your interest payments and then you sell it when you're done because there's such demand for these things. It's like, it's going to cost you, you know, a thousand dollars to do it at home. Whereas if you go to a clinic, it's going to cost you like four or $5,000 anyway, by the time you do 40 sessions. Yeah. Tell, tell us more about what you have there. So people know, cause I mean, I know, cause I love it, but I mean, you have that crazy machine where people can work out in four minutes or uh, the, the cheat it, machine. We have a, an AI driven bike that lets you do 45 minutes of cardio in seven minutes. We have another machine that uses ice and compression, and you can do a two and a half hour cardio workout in 45 minutes without sweating. We have, I didn't um, see that one. We have whole body uh, red and infrared light therapy. We've got cryotherapy where you stand in a room that's chilled to more than 100 degrees below zero, which tells your body there might be an ice age. So you feel really good when you're done, you heal faster. Yeah. Uh, did I mention pulsed electromagnetic frequencies that exercise like your bones and your cells? And uh, wow. a variety of other things like that, that are intermittent hypoxic training where you, you do brief bouts of exercise with no oxygen. So the body's like, you mean I have to be good at using oxygen? Who would have thought? It's all about just making, you know, making your body so it's strong and resilient all the time. And it's about making you harder to kill. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's a feeling of safety. It's like, I got this. And, and why, and well, I'll, I'll wrap you in two seconds. That's why do you like the red light? Cause the red light, I I've been using it cause you've been talking about a lot of people have. So what, what I do is I put this thing in front of me for 10 minutes and mm-hmm. put it on my face. I don't know if it works, what it does. I, I you know, I'm just doing it what really, they tell me to. 
It depends on the strength. It depends on how close it is uh, and the wavelengths. Uh, the ones that I make with with True Light, True Light, yeah, they don't overheat. Sometimes they get really hot. Like I've actually I have had round burn marks on my back from some of the the things I've played with over the <gasps> years. I well, I've done all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. I was going to say, I but, don't think that's that bad, actually. No, but you. what you want to do is you want to get really close to your face. So like what I do with mine is like, I'll like, like literally lay with half of my face on it. Um, you know, and then you turn your face the other way. So you get five minutes per side and oh my God, you'll see a difference from that in a big thing. But it also really? has the amber and the red in it. Oh, absolutely. So yours has amber and red in it? Yes. Amber, red, and infrared all together. Infrared, yeah. In, in fact, yeah. Send me uh, in that email. Send me your shipping apps. I'll send you a true light. Like we make an energy square that's really cool, and it's it's very different than what you'll find out there. Yeah, I know, everyone always asks me about my red light, and they're like, "What are you doing?" Because I'll like sit here and I'll like listen to a podcast or do something while this red light is on but, me. All but if the it's time. like this far away from you, you're not really getting enough signal in. Like it really needs to be pretty close to the skin um, in order to get a, a meaningful dose of therapeutic light. So red light in the world around you is good because it's calming for your eyes. And at nighttime, red light doesn't disturb your sleep if it's not too bright anyway. So red light can be illuminating, but to, to actually use it for collagen synthesis, it's got to be pretty strong and pretty close. Wow. And you said your eyes, is it bad for your eyes or good? Because there's a lot of controversy around that. Like if it's- I don't understand the controversy. Open. There's studies that show reading under a red light improves visual acuity. And as okay. an example- I went to a really high-end eye doctor and they do all sorts of weird tests on your eyes just to see how they're doing. And like, that's weird, Dave. Your eyes don't have any of the yellowing of the cornea that you would expect for someone who's 48. And you can still read the finest print that's on our test. Like the same stuff a teenager can read without glasses, you can do that. So um, at the end of the time, they said, we haven't really seen this before. Whatever you're doing is working. And she said, I think it's your supplements. I take multiple of the eye armor supplement I, I've designed for Bulletproof. I take several of those a day. And I use my True Dark, the, the partial blue blockers during the day. And at night, I don't have bright lights on or I wear my sleep glasses from True Dark. I've been doing it for about 10 years now that way. And oh my God, what a difference in my quality of life. So it, it saves your eyes. I think bright screens and LED lights are going to cause a wave of macular de degeneration that's terrible. And not for me, but it'll happen for people who don't take care of their eyes. My God. You're the, I, 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 listen, I can talk to you all day. I don't want to be rude because I know I'm like, I can go yeah, on and on. Mind. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, just wrap this here. Davey, you've been like amazing. They're like an amazing guest. Your new book is called Fast This Way. And, um, you know, where do people, like, like if people don't know where to find you, tell us everything. All right. You can go to fastthisway.com, sign up for the free fasting training. I'll, yeah. I'll teach you for two weeks. There's a vibrant community of people who will help you. And it's free. I just want you to learn how to do this. Even if you don't buy the book, you can do it. But you'll buy the book anyway because it's good. Yeah, and it is good. if you go to Bulletproof Radio, um, that's uh, top 100 iTunes podcasts for five plus years running. It's a couple hundred million downloads. So it's worth your time, I promise you. Every episode is designed to return more value to you than it took you to listen to it. And I'm on Instagram a lot, uh, Dave.Asprey. Well, thank you so much. You've been an amazing guest, so. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle, from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, 
and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcast.